Welcome back to SwitchCast. It is Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Standard Time, something like that. It's 8.10, it's, dude. It's now. No, it's not. Your clock is fast. Look at your Rolex. Oh, service. it is. Yeah, it is we are eight. back. I'm early. In the studio, live. And joining me tonight for the fourth time, I think, is my wonderful stand-in, John Sabo. He is the yin to my yang, the black to my white. I don't know. Careful where you go, the bro. The Corvette to my Mustang. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be talking about car stuff, discussing some automotive news, good and bad, props and flops, and answering some viewer questions. If you would like to ask your questions, we are the experts, self-proclaimed experts, but we've got, a, I don't know, a thousand or so car transactions under our belt to, to back that up, and uh, some service and detailing and racing experience as well so we know a thing or two and we can drive uh, stick yeah we can drive stick yeah we've taught a few people how to drive stick so if you want some unbiased advice some help avoiding scams not getting taken for a ride at the dealer interpreting the car market trying to figure out what the heck to do we're here for you you can call in 216-294-4124 and join us live on the show. You can also post your questions in the comment flow of wherever you are joining us live. Thank you for being here with us. We're looking forward to having some fun tonight. There's rarely a time when I don't have fun with Sabo. <laughs> Party time. A lot of shenanigans. Oh, yeah. A lot of car trips, a lot of fun stuff. Um, let's see. What this show is... The show is an honest... Uh, Bunch of hot air. Yeah, well, come on. Seriously. No, we uh, the, the tagline is that we want to help you on the drive of your life. But honestly, it's, it's trying to help you um, make good decisions, interpret all the stuff you're reading on the internet. Tyler Sanders, who reads too much on the forums. Um, and you can get totally lost in automotive articles, forums, and things like that, and we're here to help you distill that information and make good choices that enhance your Sift through the BS. Yeah, sift through the BS. Enhance you, uh, the joy of your car ownership. What we are not, so there's two shows out there, segments of shows. One of them is the next big thing <laughs> that's talking about what car is going to pop next in terms of values. Um, nothing wrong with seeking out cars that are underappreciated, but you should seek them out because you like them yourself, not purely because somebody else might pay more at some point in the future. And the other one, I think this is a segment of another show. I don't really know. I don't watch any of this stuff, but it's called like buy, sell, hold. <laughs> is that a segment of another show? Yeah, I have another, I have more terms for that. <laughs> what is it? I No, not come on. PG. Come on. Mary fuck kill. <laughs> Where's the FCC when you need it? Are we on a delay, Ethan? Can we beep him? Nope. Okay. Beep. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, we're going to get that explicit warning now at the beginning of our show. Dude, this just began. It, no, it won't demonetize. It'll only demonetize us if we say gun. Just there keep digging the hole. Oh, demonetize. <laughs> uh, can the can the algorithm see what shirt I'm wearing? Because it would demonetize us for that. 
But yeah, so you, you sacrifice your whole 48 cents. Shut <laughs> up. Hey, man, you sign a media release. You don't get any of that 48 cents. Don't be, don't be smack talking. Damn, I already cashed my check. Anyway, uh, anyway, we are not here for a buy, sell, hold question in terms of what the future does, what, what makes a good investment or uh, you know what cars are going to go up or down in value. We don't do the crystal ball thing because we don't have one. Anyone that says they do is lying to you. Mine's and, broken, dude. It broke a couple years oh, ago. Oh, gosh. Mine's in for a timing belt service. I just see Spence's face. <laughs> And that's scary, but we do want to help you. Uh, we do want to help you enjoy cars and not get your butt handed to you. Obviously, nobody wants to like lose their shirt on a car, but sometimes that just happens. I've done it. I think uh, what's what's the most you've lost on a car? What's the most a car's cost you to own, Sabo? Mm. I don't know. I Percentage wise, <laughs> probably not that. Toyota Camry bought it for two grand, sold it for five hundred. No, bought it for a thousand, sold it for twenty five hundred. Gosh <laughs> darn it! You can't, I, you can't even lose on crappy cars. Was that the, was that the Jewish racing gold Camry race car? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the golden nugget. Didn't you pull up next to Dean Mueller and like try to stop like Grand Prix? No, 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 no. One of my friends stuck a I race at Norwalk <laughs> oh. bumper sticker on the passenger door. I didn't know it was there, and I pulled up next to somebody in in a really nice car, and I just got a look because I had a sideways bumper sticker that says i race in norwalk on a on your on your grandma's camry <laughs> you put a lot of miles on that thing put a hundred thousand miles on that car oh, you still made gosh. money on it yeah and i think i did like oil changes those, those are probably the best ones to do that you probably got as much enjoyment out of that as some people get out of their porsches because they're too scared to drive them oh that, that car was awesome but how many I mean we took that everywhere there was no reason not to take that car somewhere. <laughs> How many Dude. handbrake turns did you do in that? Oh, I did lose. Uh, well, actually, no, I didn't lose on that one either. I had a 1987 CRX SI. That's not my question. How many <laughs> handbrake turns did you do in the Camry? I did about a lot of handbrake burnouts. Oh, yeah, front wheel drive. Yeah, no, I don't think I did too many. How many handbrake burnouts have you done in your Porsches? Zero. <laughs> See? Your Camry's Maybe negative better. one. Camry's better. Uh, yeah, so buy, sell, hold, the next big thing. We will not, we're not here to answer either of those questions. Well, we might answer it, but it's going to be a smart-ass answer because we're smart ants, smart asses. Yeah. But a wise person once told me. That you're a dumbass? No. Being a smart-ass is better than being a dumbass. See, I knew that was coming. Yeah. Well, the thing about next big thing is it's already cars that are already big. It's like a year late when they yeah, but it's also like a pump and dump. It's people that are saying, "Oh, this is going to be it because we've suggested it." It's like it's like Elon Musk pumping up a, a whatever those Ethereum coins. What's it? Ethereum? Crypto. Crypto. Yeah, pumping up those things because he holds whatever one and a half billion in Bitcoin. So yeah, obviously he wants to go to, to go up in value. So these guys buying up Porsches and restoring them. And cutting holes in them and, and signing their name on them and, and uh, making them look like outlaw cars. Um, nobody in particular that I'm talking about. But And then saying they're going to be the next big thing. Well, no kidding. Like, good marketing. If it was a penny stock, it'd be pump and dump. But um, speaking of pump and dump and penny stocks, CarMax has been a 
ongoing topic of discussion here. Uh, I'm not going to say I call their demise because I didn't. Lots of economic experts have been writing about CarMax for a long time, but there's a couple fundamental flaws in their business plan, one of which is they aren't making money, and two of which is they aren't making money. Um, but they keep betting on growth. But their growth is contracting now, and not only are they not making money, but they've got a crap ton of inventory and used cars are going down in value. So they have this kind of white whale that's uh, that's going to be a real problem for their stock. Their stock is down whale. 92% really? year over year. Well, it's up. It's up. Hold on. It's up 108% from its IPO five years ago. Okay. No. Yes. 108% from its IPO. But it was up. Now like it's down 92%? From its high. Okay. From its high. It, it IPO'd at 11 bucks a share. It went to like 373 and now it's down to 20 I've never set foot in a CarMax, so I mean. I haven't either. They tried to buy a personal car off of me. I sent people there to get, rid of, but, you know, to get rid of cars I didn't want to touch. Well, here's and the thing. They it's paid actually, good money. It's helping us out now because CarMax, we used to lose deals left and right to CarMax because they just offer stupid amounts of money. And we're like, well, how the heck are they making money? Well, they aren't. But now they're actually, they're being conservative on their offers. So now we're beating out CarMax on on bids. That vending machine's half empty around the corner. That's Carvana. Carvana. Sorry, I was talking about Carvana the whole time. Gosh darn it. Ethan, can you fix that in well, post? Well, I've never set foot in a Carvana because I don't think you can set foot in a Carvana. Carvana, so. what the heck? I'm sorry, Carvana. I'm going to get friggin' sued nice, by Carmax. Nice check. Nice check, Mark. Can Boy. you do a, a find and search and replace thing? Uh, audio? I just want to know, when you when you put your coin in that thing, how big is a coin? Can you even do that anymore? I don't know. Is it, even, uh, is it just, just a tow truck that drops it off now, or is there actually the experience? Wait, just you no. could put a coin in the... Thing and it would mean, move. Yeah, when I it first came, when, vending machines. I think it was out of Tennessee when the, yeah. where the first one was. There was the whole thing about it was you get the coin in the mail and you go and you drop the coin in the slot and it delivers the car to you. Oh, that's like years ago. Do you have I, to apply? That, like, that, that might have just Social been the commercial. Though. To get the coin? <laughs> that might have just been the commercial. I can't imagine. Then they lied to me. It's like a Chuck E. Cheese token. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. I even have in my notes CarMax. What that? Carvana. Carvana is the one we've been railing on. CarMax is actually doing okay. Yeah, they're, but they got they a lot know of how to too. They know how to buy a car for four bucks and sell it for five bucks. Carvana has never figured that out. Yeah, well. Because that lot's full too. They're, they're across from each other right over here. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's a regional thing, right? So I've been trying to gauge the last year or so of, of you know the the used car market. I've been trying to gauge what's going to happen in the used car market by just looking at dealers' lots. But you can go to one region and they're all empty, and then go one town over and they're all full. So it's not necessarily well, they, an accurate. Yeah, they gauge. rotate them around though. Well, like, it, like they it, had a thing at Car CarMax. Like if there's a car in California and you want to buy it, you put the deposit. Down, I think they're both like that. They ship the car to Ohio or wherever you may be right to complete the deal and it's inspected by you there and if it doesn't pass you don't have to buy it well i was just talking about dealer lots in general oh. like just the drive-by oh, inventory yeah, of dead. like are they empty or are they full like the carmax locally Zombie here land. but the carmax locally is over full it's oh. like it was two years ago hmm. but then you go to other dealers and they're completely empty there's a bunch of challengers 
<laughs> Stolen from Hot Rod Power Tour. How many cars, how many Dodge, how many Mopars get stolen from the Hot Rod Power Tour? I don't know. You don't know? A lot. I mean, I mean there, there was a news uh, broadcast on they actually taught you how to steal <laughs> a Challenger or Charger. In two minutes. Yeah. There's YouTube videos. Yeah, you can, you get in it, there's like a neutral safety switch thing where you can pop it in neutral. And then if you have a key and a... You just need a program. A dongle. You can buy at one of your performance parts stores. Right. Program the key, and I guess you can do it in less than two minutes. There's a reason why you, when you see them, they're either mint for a buck or they're all um, salvage titles. If you see a charger with a broken window, you know that There's dude don't own it. so many of them have salvage titles. Because you have to break the window to get in. <laughs> uh, all right. Back, back to Carvana. Sabo, so... They've recently made drastic changes in order to try to recover themselves. They fired 2,500 employees. Right. They bought Odessa for $2.2 billion, also a highly leveraged stake. I mean, their whole model is Dude, I'll tell you what I want to do. So what, what's your take on the next year or so of My Carvana? My take is when Carvana collapses and goes bankrupt, I'm going to buy one of those car vending machines, and I'll put it in my backyard because... Garage goes up, holds more cars. Ooh. Hey. Well, forget I putting it in those. your backyard. Why not make it like one of those car condo social club things? What, put on the top floor? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be alternative car storage. Oh, that, can you imagine that? That'd be awesome. You'd just be like, All right, where's your car at? It's up there. We should get Jeff Badger to invest. I heard he knows a thing or two about that. Inside joke. Inside joke. He was a scammer that took people for hundreds of thousands of dollars with a automotive car condo country club thing here in Cleveland. Yeah. No, that could be. What else could you do with a Carvana vending machine? Put little motor homes in it and rent them out as apartments. They <laughs> 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 could. Sorry, that's an amazing <laughs> idea. <laughs> Doug likes that a lot, obviously. <laughs> it's brilliant. Where... The, the mysterious mind of Mark Spence. <laughs> Holy cow. I, game over. I, I was going to say put like giant size candy in them. Because they're a vending machine. I don't know. Okay, next. Go Chocolate on, melt. <laughs> I like the RV idea. <laughs> but little travel trailers are perfect. Oh, my gosh. Well, That's not afraid awesome. of heights. Or sleepwalk. Oh <laughs> there you go. Where's your, where's, your, where's your stupid drum? It's over here. Hold on. Okay. Vamp. That's that's not vamping. I mean, what that is, was lame. Do it I again. I don't know what vamping is. It's it's filling blank space with music or words. Oh. You're not supposed to hit the drum after this. Song. I know what glamping is. <laughs> well, that's what it could be. Glamping. Glamp Vana. You could have high-end RVs stacked up. The, the higher you go, the more expensive it is. Mm-hmm. You could have, like, the Prevost on top. we got to figure out water Slap and an sewage hookups. Oh, yeah. Might get really hot. Like a, a metal RV inside of a glass case. Oh, That's their problem. <laughs> they want to go camping. they got to go camping. That's not glamping, though. <laughs> no. Glamping is uh, Rich Carlton. 
You never been in an RV where the AC broke out camping? Nope. We'll show you how it really is. Nope. Never been in an RV with AC. You know what camping is? It's unnecessary homelessness. <laughs> <laughs> Voluntary. Yeah, no, no thanks. If I'm homeless, I earned it. Everybody uh, wants to be the Chris Farley skit now, so. Van down by the Van river. Van down by the river. In a Carvana machine down by the river. <laughs> Overlooking 271. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think there's really something to this. What is in that bush beer you're drinking? Genius. It's making you smarter. <laughs> <laughs> That's not hard to do. <laughs> Spence is like he a top sold his dresser. Mustang. His IQ went up like 50 <laughs> points. Well, then I bought a Tahoe, so. Like I said, your IQ went up 50 points. Then dropped 100. Tahoe <laughs> oh, barn doors. Gosh. All right, Sabo. <laughs> Next. Sabo, you have a Porsche Cayman GT4 RS on order. Allegedly. Allegedly. To replace your Cayman GT4. Allegedly. Shut up with the allegedly. We're not talking about crimes here. Uh, you've also had a 991, have a 991 GT3 manual. Mm-mm. Sold two. it. Nine, sorry, 991.2. Manual. No, you have a 992. Right now. I'm so good. I can't keep the dang number straight. Man, what is in that scotch? I, I've had a sip of it. Heaven. Huh? There's enough. too many dot one, dot two, dot three. It's like friggin' Microsoft software edition. It would just be nine nine two. You don't need to put a dot one in front of it until a dot two exists. I forgot. Nine nine dot two point seven frick. You have a twenty twenty two GT three, the brand new one. Correct. You've had a nine nine one dot two. Correct. You've had a nine nine seven. Correct. You've had many miles a whole in lot of fantastic modern Porsche GT cars. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you haven't driven it yet, but the anticipation for the GT4 RS is all that it can be. It's pretty hyped up. And I mean, the Cayman, when it came out, was regarded. Andreas Pruninger, the head of uh, Porsche, Porsche Motorsport, yes, said, was quoted that the Porsche Cayman was a better chassis than the 911, which it should be anyway. It's a mid engine versus a rear engine. It's correct. Naturally going to be more balanced. But they essentially detuned it because they couldn't have it be actually better than their flagship car. People are like, man, you should have made a turbo. You should have made an RS version of this. You should have done that and that. And they kind of rolled it out slowly. They had the Cayman R, which was a 15-horsepower bump, but much lighter than the regular Cayman. They had the Boxer Spider. Uh, and then they put the 3.8-liter Carrera S motor in the second-gen Boxer Spider and made it the Cayman GT4. And then there's all these rumors of a GT4 RS with a you know, four-liter motor. I never thought they'd do it. I, I didn't order one because I was like, ah, it's not going to happen. Like, it's just a rumor. Also, because I'm blacklisted from Porsche, and I probably wouldn't have got one anyway. But, like, I, this was a rumor five years ago. I thought they were going to make it. I just think they did. They, I didn't think they were going to do what they did. They Right. It's like being disappointed after seeing the concept car. It's never as good as they think it's going to be. Well, right. it is, or it's supposedly every I mean, bit as good GT3 as... It's a GT3 4-liter. In a mid-engine platform. In the middle of a car. Do you think this is going to be the greatest modern Porsche driver's car? No. 
think it's going to be pretty fantastic. I mean, it's 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 not a manual gearbox car, so enthusiast-wise, fast speed-wise, track day-wise, whatever, this could be. See, it doesn't have rear steer. I'm cool with that. You know, that's that's a that's a 911 thing. They can't put rear steer in a Cayman at least yet. I like that just from a simplicity standpoint. I'm just talking I know about it on a helps, but what, okay. what what helps? Rear steer. Well, from a, it, well, from a it, performance standpoint. It makes a hell of a U-turn. I'm not looking to do a U-turn on a racetrack. I don't know. If I do, it's, there's I'm a not, problem. I'm not a huge fan of it on a racetrack, but that's okay. I don't I don't dislike it, but I would if you could disable it, I'd be just fine with that. Okay, so it's a good thing that the GT4 RS doesn't have rear steering. In my eyes. In my eyes, yes. Okay. Four-liter GT3 motor, mm-hmm. PDK, negative, mid-engine, positive. I wouldn't say PDK is a negative. I would just say that... Some people really like to drive manual transmissions, and if I had a choice between the two, I would choose a manual gearbox. I, th- I, th- I think it might be last ten years is probably going to be the best mm-hmm. Porsche drivers' car they make. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really good. I, I'm, I'm excited to allegedly experience it. Allegedly, why, why this allegedly? I don't know. I don't okay. have. I don't. If you don't have it yet, doesn't mean it's gonna happen. That's true. Yeah, in this world, nothing's nothing's certain, especially in the car. Mm-hmm. Are you allegedly getting it at sticker price? I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of getting limited production Porsches at sticker, this begs a question, right? So if I wanted a GT4 RS, I've got the dollars. I've bought and sold a bajillion Porsche GT cars. But there's no way in a million years I could get on the list for a GT4 RS. Um, Porsche, when they came out with the the 918, it was a million-dollar car. And to entice people to buy them, they instituted this VIP program, whereby if you bought a 918, you would get first dibs at every GT car they came out with. You'd be first in line for paint-to-sample cars, for special allocations, 911 Sport Classic, special limited editions, things like that. And that got people off their bus to buy a 918 all of a sudden. Yeah, they sold like half the cars, then they offered that program and it finished it off. Right. And people realized what it was worth. I think it it was a blessing and a curse because it created a, a contingency of loyal customers and it rewarded them, but it also, they were trying to eliminate speculators like myself at the time but all they did was create a new breed of opportunists opportunists who build themselves as porsche collectors Mm -hmm. because after the 918 every gt car since then and even the 918 sold for over sticker so you had these guys just flipping them like crazy Mm -hmm. so how is it i guess speak to the you know i'm i'm a I don't play the political game very well in in all aspects of my life. Hence your shirt. Hence my shirt. Hence why I am unemployable (laughs) for any major corporation, which is fine with me. You play the political game very well. And one good example of that is the fact that you can get a GT4 RS and I can't. So, So speak a little bit about the whole Porsche VIP process and, and how you maintain the relationship such that you can get a GT4 RS. Well, I am not a VIP. I'm just a really good customer that has a really good relationship with a dealer. Yep. And I've 
I've been buying them for a while, and I've done the right things by the dealerships through the years, and I've been rewarded for that. You know, when people weren't buying Porsches, I pushed the product. I did a lot of good things for a lot of dealerships, and I'm not saying they needed me, but I still did. I lend a helping hand. Sure. And, you know, when they need me, even if it's like a non-pay situation or whatever, I'm, you know, they give me a call and I give my hand. So, I mean, it's just doing the right thing by your dealership. Not, I, I am not owed anything. I am not, I don't say I deserve it more than anybody else. I just, just lucky, I guess. There you go. Um, do they make enough GT4 RS to fill all the VIP allocations and then have some it's, left over? It's or? not uh, It's not a limited production card, technically. It's not serialized. They can make as many as the parts allow. Right now it looks... Which gonna, is seven, the yeah. current... <laughs> yeah. I mean, but who knows? I mean, it's you know, they could be sandbagging. Just keep the hype up, and then all of a sudden they start hitting dealers with bonus cars. You never know. Sure. And then the problem is, will the dealership reward a good customer that's local, or will they go for the high bidder across the states? You know, that's where it gets interesting. Right. Well, it gets super interesting because Porsche penalizes dealers for selling outside of their region. Right. But remember when Bernie Marino first bought Porsche of North Olmsted and turned it into one of the biggest dealers in the Midwest, he was selling all over the country. And he was getting big-time GT customers from all over the country. Right. And so it was this political thing where it, it kind of bugged me because this was right about the same time that they were getting after me for brokering cars outside of their dealers' regions. And it, it was really just like, well, it was okay for Bernie to do because he sold tons of cars. So they're like, oh, man, you're awesome. You're selling tons of cars for us. But he was doing the same thing that smaller dealers were getting penalized for. Well, I'm sure he got penalized for it. I mean, it, it's... But if, they gave him allocations. True. I mean, there's. I guess there's a bonus. There's a, probably a volume bonus. Well, well, back then, there you can go to a Porsche dealer and they had Cayman's 911s and everything on lots. Like, yes. I remember there was a moment, I think it was like 09, they were, it was a $10,000 discount on any mid-engine car for a moment. Yep. You can get Cayman S, Boxster S, base base or whatever and it was a ten thousand dollar discount and say it was a fifty five to sixty five thousand dollar car because the prices haven't didn't bounce yet i mean you're getting a you could technically get a brand new porsche for forty some thousand dollars and it's not like the base came it was a bad car so i mean i mean it, it not it wasn't it hasn't been forever since these cars have been flying off the showroom floors you know, now dealers are buying them for over sticker and having the charge over sticker. Customer doesn't always know that. And there's some frustration. You walk in like, well, there's a GT3 RS on a showroom floor at some dealership across America. Maybe the used car sales manager had to pay 25000 over sticker for a 10,000 mile car. And somebody will still pay twenty five over and they're buying a certified really really expensive gt3 rs but that's what the market bears right what do you think if if there's a 30 year old millionaire out there uh -huh. that really likes cars and wants to get into buying porsches 
but isn't a flipper and they like legit in say five years, they want to get the equivalent of whatever the GT4 RS is. Obviously it's too late for them to get on the VIP list because they can't buy a brand new 918. Is it even possible to, to enter into that? Or I mean, anything's possible. I mean, okay, it's, so, it's just so a how matter do you do of, it? I mean, become a good customer and it might be really expensive. You know, I mean, don't pull the Ferrari thing where you got to buy a California Roma and some used car on the lot to even have a shot at buying some mid-engine sports car in Ferrari land. Like, I haven't heard any of that. Right. Because they don't have enough cars on the lot to, like, they don't, like, buy a Cayenne and a Macan because they don't have any of those either. So, you know, I mean, you might just have to, you know, have them search for something, buy something, buy some CPO'd cars. I mean... Again, if you're a multi-multi-millionaire, would, I hate to say it because, I mean, sometimes they're millionaires because they're smart with their money, but you might have to pay 50 over for something. If You know, like the whole GT3 touring hype, which, you know, to me is just absolutely crazy. You know, your 991.2 touring GT3s are, with like 10,000 miles, are still 30,000, 40,000 over sticker. Yeah. I mean, no way. I mean, it's not in my book. Is it? I mean, is it a great driving experience? Is it a great car? Absolutely. I just can't like a hundred ninety thousand MSRP cars going for two forty five. I mean, if you want that car, pay it. Go for it. I just that's hard for me to justify. Porsche's catching on. Catching on. I mean, they're just raising their MSRPs every time a new yeah. car comes out. It goes up fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Why would they leave the? profit to the aftermarket right and that, I, that's what i told porsche when they called me out on flipping gt3 rs's back in 2008 like mm -hmm. why would you do this this is immoral i said no i'm just fixing your pricing and your regional distribution models you're selling your cars too cheap and you're selling them through the wrong dealers remember that car that i ordered so if you raised your prices and reallocated yeah. your cars you'd put me out of business yeah remember that car i ordered it was a it was a whatever RS green signal green whatever it may have, might have been. No, not whatever. Well, I don't. It was a point two, and that <laughs> oh, wasn't a standard point two. color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a nine nine seven point two. So I can't remember what color I did it in, but I don't think they would let you do RS green. And I ordered it with black with point one graphics. Remember, black wheels, black graphics, black accents. RS. Yes. You could do RS green. Okay. Well, yeah. it was, then it was RS green. Okay. And. The, the allocation got pulled away for some reason. Not because of me, just the dealer lost the allocation. Yeah. And the order still halfway went through and it showed up at, um, what's the, what was the Porsche dealer? Cascade. It showed up at Cascade right. with, with green, red. RS green with red yep. accents, graphics, wheels, everything. Yep. And I, mean, I remember and, that car. And, they and, sent and, me a picture of it when it showed up. And that car was unsellable. Nobody wanted that car. And now, because it's ugly, and it reminds you of Christmas, with ceramic and ceramic brakes with yellow calipers, oh, the boot. So bad. I'm sure somebody's somebody's converted it, I'm sure. They did, yes. But that was a horrendous car. That car went to Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's so weird that they got that, too. That was the smallest dealer ever. And I don't know how they got a GT3 RS, but... 
SwitchCast is brought to you by BoxCast. BoxCast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers in more than 200 countries. Their founders launched BoxCast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy, flexible, live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy, we are broadcasting this show live with our phone. Head over to switchcars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. Nathan's Detailing is also a proud sponsor of SwitchCast. Nathan's Detailing is a company in Cleveland, Ohio that provides mobile detailing services for individuals and dealerships. They also offer PPF and ceramic coating installations. With over 800 Google reviews and an impressive 4.9 rating, Nathan's Detailing is the go-to shop for all of your detailing and protection needs. With Nathan's Detailing, convenience is key. Their mobile detailing technicians bring the power, water, and supplies to your home or work and detail your car on site. Check out the link below for a free interior fabric protection or leather conditioning with your purchase. Nathan's Detailing, this smiles for you. Nathan makes good hot dogs too. Yeah, Nathan's hot dogs. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's not the same guy. Um, you sure. There's a there's a wiener joke in there, but not going to make it. Um, <clears throat> didn't mustered up the energy, the courage, courage. Couldn't. Good. Yes. You'll catch up with me one of these days. Um. We're back. If you'd like to join us live, you can post your questions in the comment flow wherever you're watching live. You can also call in. The number is 216-294-4124. You will get to ask your questions of myself or John, but not Smooth Mark because he doesn't have headphones and we don't allow him to have an opinion on here. <laughs> we know he Thanks. has one, though. He's, He's got he a lot always of got opinion. something to say. It doesn't matter if it's relevant or not. Oh, we were going to play a game with Mark and just name off random cars and see what he thinks of them. Pontiac Mira. People can't hear shrugs, Mark. <laughs> shrug, shrug, shrug. <laughs> Do you know what a Pontiac Mira is? Yeah, it's that Pontiac that was built that Ferrari sued Pontiac over. It's like a kit car you can yes. buy at the dealership. Yeah. I've only seen one in my life. It was, it was a Firebird with, with a And the guy drives around Ferrari it. badges on it up in Willoughby. I kind of want one. I think they're cool. You should turn that Transam you bought from us into that i don't even know what they came with were they 350 cars were they based on fieros or firebirds no firebird yeah three, oh, so 305 it's a yeah it's a front engine car they looked half decent um porsche 996 with graphite gray interior i'd drive it you'd drive it <laughs> That doesn't mean much. I saw you drove here. <laughs> what did he drive? Oh, Don't he drove you dare talk crap on the Tahoe. A Tahoe with like toe lettering. Mark Spencer the toe letters on it. <laughs> Mark Spence is the only guy I know that buys a car and immediately joins whatever Facebook group is related to that car, <laughs> even though he only plans to own it for three weeks. <laughs> three and, weeks turns and into while three he months owns and three it, years. The best car ever. <laughs> Oh, he's you got to get information to get the parts cheap, you know, and then to sell it to the people on the forum. Exactly. 
and hope they recognize you from Vinwicky. Barn door Tahoes <laughs> are where it's at. See, I love, agree. No, yeah, but he's no, the, I like the Suburbans. I like the long ones. <laughs> I know you like the long ones. Ayo. Oh gosh. But um. Okay. Moving on. Um. Speaking of how not to sell a car, Mark. And Spence. that's when I get muted. <laughs> Impossible. Uh, I got more phone calls and text messages about this car this week. And I think Sabo, you did too. There was a 2007 Porsche GT3 on Bring a Trailer. It closed yesterday. And this was the biggest dumpster fire of all dumpster <laughs> fires I think I've ever seen in terms of how not to friggin' sell a car. So I have 53,000 miles. It's one I've sold before. Um, Johnny and I have both farted in the seat on yep. the racetrack. It's a it's a decent car. It's a driver by by every metric of that word. The mm. previous owner to us tracked the crap out of it. I tracked it when we had an inventory. The next owner tracked the crap out of it. It was taken care of and maintained, but it was a quote unquote driver. Properly used. Properly used. It was not it was a not garage a, queen. It was not exceptional yeah. in in any way. Not a cars um, and coffee warrior. No. So, but the the poor owner, um, <laughs> I feel bad for him. He's a nice guy. He hired this dealer who claimed he was an expert to represent this car and bring a trailer. Or he no, he didn't even know the seller didn't even know it was going to go and bring a trailer. He just started getting messages that this thing was on bring a trailer. And M Five Freak was the seller. I don't know what dealer he works for. Maybe if someone can chime in on the comments and tell me. Apparently, he sold thousands of cars, but it that was would be just, Carvana, Doug. Yeah, right. It was just freak. No, because it, it's in Illinois, and Carvana lost their dealer license in Illinois. Hmm. Yeah. If you listen to my podcast more, you'd know that. I've never listened to your podcast. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> huge fan. I haven't either. So. Um, I, this guy, I, I'm just literally going to read some of the stuff he posted. The, the, the long and short of it initially was that he wasn't going to answer any questions until serious bids came in. Until you overpay, I will not Which, justify uh, your bid. I, I will. It's a terrible sales tactic on bring a trailer, but I understand where he's coming from because when we used to sell on eBay, if you use the auction process, people like eBay was the first online auction, right? So people had no idea how it worked. And if you put a car up that was worth a hundred K people would start asking you questions when they bid 20 grand because they thought that's what they were actually going to buy the car for. So you would get worn out answering people's questions that weren't even going to buy a hundred thousand dollar car for 30 grand. They were all in at 20. And then it got up to where it was proper value and people stopped asking dumb questions. So I understand where he's coming from. He's just like literally 15 years behind in the internet world. So he starts out, good day, GT3 fans. I'm Woody the Lister. Two different Porsche gold level technicians endorse this car and the owner has shown a surgical approach with a very keen perception in caring for this GT3. Surgeons do that. As the bids increase, I will provide more information and answer questions. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm a veteran buyer-seller with thousands of transactions. Everything will go very smoothly. There will be no surprises for the buyer, and this will be fun. Um, and then this guy 
Gold Level Joe. Great name. Great name. Gold Level Joe creates a new account. We think it was actually M5 Freak, the sell seller. My name is Joe. I'm a Gold Level Porsche technician. I've been in dealerships working in Porsche for 22 years. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've spent many, many hours dialing in this car and making sure everything works better than new. I hate it when people use those hyperboles. It doesn't. It's got 50,000 miles. It's not better than new. You it can be good. Maybe close to as good as new. Sure, something. But it's not, no. Nothing's as good as new. Oh, blah, blah, blah. This is one of the best handling GT3s I've ever experienced, and I've worked on many over the years. More hyperbole. This is the best one. Give it a try yourself. You can always sell it later for likely more than you'll pay now. That's just that's just gold level right there. <laughs> oh, the cheese is awful. Number one, he's a technician. Forget you don't know about values. Number two, stop trying to sell cars. Like, well, if you don't like it, you sell it for more because that's just how things go. No. Well, in the last two years, it kind of has. <laughs> Fine, but... Oh, gosh. So then the seller, he won't answer questions, but he posts a random picture of Hans Metzger and then a random picture. He says, don't sell this endorsement from Gold Level Joe short for a second. Blah, blah, blah. Here's a picture of him working on GT3 RS that I bought and sold. Like all this irrelevant stuff. And people are reading like asking legit questions is there paintwork on this car can you post an overrev report you know do you have service records and he just friggin oh my gosh gold level joe if you're listening to this podcast please call in i, I think gold level joe is m5 freak but if joe Br a mechanic. malarchik joe malarchik please please call in and tell Google us him that spence how do you spell it <laughs> oh, come on m-u-l-a-r well, how do you spell c-z-y-k -E. <laughs> gold is g-o-l-d level l-e-v-e-l so i mean the cheese just kept getting worse and worse um uh this vehicle is exceptional using that word exceptional means a lot to a pro let's get some bids going so we're closer to a transaction and i'll release more information as we move forward it's like he's withholding information. And the, I mean, the comments, if you want some just pure entertainment, just go through these comments. Uh, Gold Level Joe became a huge joke. Um, this M5 freak guy. I mean, he's just a friggin' start shirt gold chain he, car salesman. He Googles salesman. as a cardiologist in Illinois. Yeah, he's supposed to be a, a Porsche technician. This guy, instead of posting pictures of the service records that people asked for, M5 Freak posted a picture of the Porsche Club at the Porsche dealer with Gold Level Joe, but you had no idea who was who. Didn't he post a picture of like some classic with Hans? You said it already. Yeah, Hans Metzger, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the previous owner and myself chimed in and answered all the questions because... This, oh, the, the hilarious thing was that the, the seller kept saying he's he kept talking about the number of views and watchers and bragging about the number of watchers and how it was because this car was so special. And that was all he was concerned about. And meanwhile, all the bidders are asking him questions that he won't answer. And it just, I I don't know. We could spend an hour reading his comments. Just Just go look up the gt3 it completely bombed there was no bids after like the second day and the guy couldn't answer any questions and 
man, it was it was highly entertaining. <laughs> Sabo, what what did you think of it? Did you watch that dumpster fire? I mean, I chimed in. I didn't really get too involved because I was getting text message updates. <laughs> I didn't really need to I didn't really need to watch it. A couple of friends of mine were texting me and going, You gotta see this. This guy's making threats that <laughs> you have to bid before he'll answer questions. Oh gosh. People literally told him to stay away from the auction the last day because everybody had figured out what information they needed. And he wouldn't show the car to anybody either. Do you know who bought the car? I bet you it was gold. Nobody Joe. did. No, it, the reserve not met at 99 I mean, yeah. grand. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, another GT3 on there. Um, I did I talk guy. to the owner, though. He was, I just kind of reached out to him and I'm like, hey, man, what's what's going on? And he had no idea any of this was happening other than the texts he got from people and uh yeah it thankfully he remained anonymous throughout all this and it didn't reflect poorly on the owner but golly that is that that is a lesson in cheese yeah gold level joe (laughs) um spence is going home he's gonna be gold level spence (laughs) changing changing my login that's my new xbox name Gold level spins. Have you... So I've mostly sold your cars on Bring a Trailer. Have you done any of your own cars on Bring a Trailer? Have you dealt with that? I know Bring a Trailer or any kind of online auction with a comment flow is kind of a... Some people like it, some people don't. It's a different type of experience. I mean, I've managed them before, but yeah what's your takeaway i mean obviously this gold level joe guy with cheese was well the only problem with this is like the whole thumbs up thing yeah people get cred for you know i don't know there's a lot of really really bad comments i've flagged more as non-constructive than i could possibly explain (laughs) well it's kind of like forums everybody's regarded as an expert Ah. even if they're wrong you can say something with great authority and be completely wrong. Well, it's like when, when the bid seriously. starts to like take off in the end of the auction, somebody's like, oh, here we go. And that's and a that comment. Can, that can ruin that's an not, auction. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. But it's just too many, again, non-constructive bids. Or not bids. Comments. I mean, it's just it just gets a little old. Like, you know, when you have to filter down like eight pages just to get to one real comment. That's Two, frustrating. 246 comments on this auction. Yeah, and how many were legit? <sighs> I mean, they were all funny. Funny, funny I'm not going to lie. This was pretty entertaining. It's entertaining if it's not your car being sold. That's true. That guy, that guy either, whatever, you said hired or consigned with somebody that did that. I mean, that guy did that customer zero justice. Injustice. They did no justice. I know. I'm saying it was worse than no justice. Oh, he did him an injustice. So negative anti-superhero justice. Uh, speaking of super something, supercars like that transition. The new Red Bull RB17. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that car, Sabo. I mean, it's just a rich guy track toy that they claim could be made into a street car. I mean. It's got a name based off Formula One chassis. I mean, that's it's a silly name unless you understand what RB17 means. You know, like the current Red Bull Formula One chassis, RB18. Mm-hmm. Um, RB16 was the the COVID previous one. Was the previous one, and then when COVID hit, they didn't develop the car again, 
So they skip 17 and they use that as the project name for the Red Bull supercar. So it's a thousand I mean, horsepower. It's claimed to be faster than a Formula One car around the track. Right. Claimed. Right. That's a, that's a heavy claim. But who? So it's six million bucks and you can't put it on the street. So who the heck is, who, who are the buyers of these? I mean, the guys that bought the Aston Martin Falcons and, yeah, I mean, that was a, what, a $2.4 million track only car and one, you know, Aston Martin made one street car. Okay, so that, that proves the point, right? There's only 24 the point that I haven't those, made yet. It has really skinny cup holders, though, for Red Bull cans. <laughs> Seriously? I don't know. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. But who actually, people don't use them, right? So there's two Vulcans around here. And no, they just got no trailered. There were. There was two Vulcans. At one, at one time there was. but Right. Yeah. What I'm saying is they got trailered around. Some of them sort of went to the track. But they were show cars. They were, they're know, pretty cool. they were it, bragging I mean, it, rights. I mean, that's a, if you have a massive car collection, that is a pretty cool centerpiece. I mean, but, but it's, that's just it. It's just a centerpiece. But you're so talking about building this $6 million car that you can't drive to Cars and Coffee. And most guys are never going to drive on track. And if they do, I guarantee you, you could probably take a Miata spec out there or a GT3 and go faster than them. Yeah, well, those cars take a talented person to harness i mean the vulcan you had actually had a light on the dashboard to let you know the brake pads were warm but they're selling them to no talent ass clowns not really i just wanted to use that phrase (laughs) (laughs) well potentially you're correct we don't know well they might not be ass clowns but they're 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 just rich guys like well yeah there's a few super rich guys that can actually drive because they spend their money racing like one of those cars will see a racetrack probably or i don't know i mean i guarantee that you know verstappen will probably get his hands on one of those and he could actually but he's not going to own it he's just going to drive it because somebody will hand him the keys who knows or they'll give him one that's what i'm talking about because but it's all i mean it's marketing right do you want a car named after an name you know made by energy drink company no well i mean where are you going to warranty at you're 7-Eleven? <laughs> Would you like a Slurpee with your oil change? Yeah. <laughs> sure. That'd be seven grand. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's back to the old Ferrari model, right? They're just building streetcars to fund their racing. I, I guess mean, there's a lot of guys that buy old Formula One cars, old race cars. What do you do with those? You yeah, either collect them. That's a piece them, of history. Just say, well, they, I mean, eventually this will be a piece of history. No, it somebody has some, never raced. But if it, well, I mean, I'm just saying history in general. I didn't say racing history. I'm just saying a guy that has multiple Red Bull Formula One cars in his collection might be like, oh, well, I have to have one of these. Hmm. I mean, they're not going to make enough of them where it's going to be like you know one on every corner. There will not. I, there's one in Ohio. I'd be surprised if there's one in Pennsylvania. I'd be surprised if there's one in California. Maybe. You know, it's just I don't know. There's not a lot of people. There's not a big market for not street legal supercars. Right. There's a market for it, but you know, like we're talking like very few people in the world. Hmm. Yeah. I just I don't I don't know. 
I don't have the money anyway, but I don't see the point. Like the Aston Martin. I mean, that thing is, that's batshit. The Valkyrie? Oh, yeah. But that's a street car. Just saying. But it, it like, it's not really a street car. But it's street legal. Like, guys will buy it and flex at cars Are you coffee. sure it's street legal? Yeah. I know a guy in Arizona that's buying one. Are you sure it's street legal? Yeah. All right. I saw the local one got a police escort to a car no, show. No, that, that, that was a Vulcan. Oh. That's different. But, yeah, the Valkyrie, I mean, that thing was... I was listening to a podcast, and he was, they were talking about it. I mean, it, I mean, it was the fastest street, you know, street car by like 10 seconds a lap over to Senna at Laguna Seca. Wow. 10 seconds. And, and, they, were on, and they were on medium power. But it, they weren't even on full power. But it's not a street car. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it could be. <sighs> All right. Word from our sponsors. You have more? I do. Awesome. If I could get... Do tell. I need a lot more than I could afford a car like the Red Bull RB17. I still wouldn't buy one, but... It'd be the so, first time you drink a Red Bull. I still wouldn't drink one. <laughs> still wouldn't. I never drank Red Bull on Cannonball. If they sponsored me... if they, I think Red Bull would be a good sponsor well, they for sponsored, Cannonball. If they sponsor, you just made it. No, I just put friggin' sparkling water inside it. And Folgers would be a great sponsor for Cannonball. <laughs> Um, Instant coffee, just stir it in. I feel like there's a All joke right. there, but do, do your sponsors. Celebrity Machines is a proud sponsor of Switchcast. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen accurate license plates, as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates, as well as our commemorative 2539. Charity plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit celebritymachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST if it's working to save 25.39% at checkout. Again, celebritymachines.com and attempt to use the promo code SWITCHCAST. They've been having a few technical difficulties on their website, but even if it doesn't work, Travis is a great guy and he needs more money to keep building his go-kart track in the backyard. <laughs> And everybody needs a go kart track. They're pretty the reasonably priced anyway. They're like 15, 20 bucks a it's pop. plates. So, yeah. Oh, I have like almost all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Great garage. I did, I did not use art, the sponsor. Basement art. You didn't? Well, how would they know that? Well, I mean, I, I think I put it in the comments. Okay. Awesome. It was before this existed. I thought you, wait, I thought you didn't listen to my podcast. I didn't, but I've been on it. Ah, yes. Oh, you listen when you're on. That's good. And I know Mark Spence. You know Mark Spence. Uh, our question of the week, the Nuts for Sticks question of the week, is brought to you by NutsForSticks.com. You can check out their sweet merchandise on there. Um, they have got funny T-shirts and stickers. The T-shirt I'm wearing tonight, it is uh, running the country, is like riding a bike, is not available on Nuts for Sticks, but there's plenty of other cool ones that are not political. Apolitical, I should say. Uh, the, yeah, NutsforSticks.com discount code SWITCHCAST to save 10% off your purchase, whether you buy one shirt or a hundred. 10% off your whole er order. Question of the week is from the Angry Bird. Hey guys, big fan of yours. I'm looking for some advice. I just placed my order for a 2023 Corvette C8. 
I'm getting it at sticker, which is 89.5 as I built it out. The dealership has me seventh in line. They say anywhere from an eight to 14 month wait. When it gets here, do I sell it if the market is still crazy on them or do I keep and enjoy my first sports car? I'm torn. Oh, this is easy. Yes, it is. Sell it and don't be a car person. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Smart ass with a hammer. Ooh, I hate those comments. Already already thinking about selling and making money when you're 13 to 15 to million years out. Here's the problem. By the way, I do we do have a C8 in orange will be available potentially next week. So mm. you can jump that whole line, pay a little bit more, make your dreams come true. Here's the problem with this. It is back to what I said about Porsche creating opportunists. Yeah. They're actually ruining car guys. I think people that used to be legit car guys mm. just got tempted by the money because it's really hard to say no to a twenty or fifty thousand dollar profit when you've spent your life losing money on cars. Well, these guys are buying they're not buying fifty thousand dollar cars anymore either. They're buying million dollar cars. Like I I I had a customer, obviously no names used. He's got about ten car collection. Every single car is worth over a million dollars. Every car has like fifty to hundred miles on it. And he didn't put them on there. Every week I get an email asking me what they're worth now. Oh, gosh. I'm like, why don't you just drive one? Like, you're not going to hurt it. I mean, he's just like, why don't I ruin the value? I was like, well, then sell it. Like, And again, his asking you price You should is, just start making up numbers. Well, I, I kind of do. Like one week, tell him his collection's down 40% <sighs> in value and see what he says. Well, then he, you know, then he sends me like 18 bring a trailer comps telling me I'm wrong. So you respond, why'd you ask me then? Right. Well, I mean, they are they, they already know, but the thing is now they won't give you numbers of what they want. Now they just give you the card, hope that you bring them some number that blows their socks off. It's it's the world we live in, man. Uh, um <clears throat> Would you like a would you like a McLaren Elva? <laughs> you want a no windshield vehicle for a million dollars? I mean, I, I kind of like those, actually. I didn't say they're bad, but... How I many don't cars, like any how modern many cars McLaren, do you need but in I your like garage. the how many modern? How many cars do you need in your garage to justify an Elva? Mm. Well, but a lot of the modern, quote-unquote, car collectors, I, I, I feel like they're not really car collectors. They're just stroking a check for whatever's out and, like, cool on... And they trailer to Cars and Coffee to keep the miles off. Right, or just don't. They just flex on social media but they're like well i have one of every new car out there i mean i guess it's the same as 20 years ago on the the forums but these people exist I don't know, they don't years. have imaginations i mean this stuff's been going around they're forever just, now you just see it more often true and, and it's definitely what you know like we always talked about this like we can go back 10 years like one decade and nobody paid over a hundred thousand dollars for a car nobody like a coontosh was a hundred thousand dollars a Testarossa was sixty-five grand. You can buy a nine thirty turbo for under thirty thousand dollars all day long. RS America for thirty grand all day long. You know, I mean, it was just, but nobody, people weren't lining up to buy them. You can just pick up your local paper and find something killer for sub a hundred thousand dollars. Now, minivans are a hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Mark. Do we have questions? Yes, we do got questions. Are they good? I don't know. I was trying to Google what a McLaren Alva was. 
Oh, boo. <laughs> That's amazing. You knew boo. what that Pontiac You've was? You've seen one. <laughs> you knew that Pontiac. Pontiac mirror, but not McLaren Elva. I'm uh, a whole different tax bracket than you was... guys. <laughs> no, you it, stood no, in not. front of one in, in, in Jacksonville. Not Jacksonville. Amelia Island. Half those cars look the same to me. I, I agree, but not the McLaren Elva. It's, it's different. It doesn't look anything like that Ferrari Monza. <laughs> I'm drinking a Bush Light right now. You think I know what a McLaren is? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't humble pie us. <laughs> uh, the first question is from Clayton White. What's your thoughts of purchasing a 90s Lotus Esprit as they seem to be appreciating? No, no, you ruined the question. You ruined the question. What's your thoughts on purchasing a 90s Lotus Esprit? Full stop. Done. Question mark. Oh, my gosh. I, what did I say at the beginning of this show? Holy crap. <laughs> we are not the next big thing. We are not buy, sell, hold. Do you want a friggin' Lotus Esprit because you like pain and suffering and you want to know your mechanic better? Do you like the smell of burning oil? Do you like sitting too far forward in a car but having a car that's amazing to look at but might not start? Sounds like every British car built. Nah, some of them are ugly, too. <laughs> I, like, I think they're really cool cars. I, I'm, I would I'm a never friggin' own one because of the reliability concerns. But they're amazing looking. But if you're asking if you should buy one because they seem to be appreciating, fired. Definitely don't buy that. Hey, no. Mark, Mark drove one of those for a while last summer. Doug even drove it. I, I think they're fun. And that was like, a terrible one, and it was still... I, en- no, I enjoyed it a lot, but like you look in the, in the diagrams how to fix stuff. <laughs> and you can't fix it because yeah. it doesn't work. Like I had to fix the mirror on it, and it says you can take the mirror off and pull it through the wire through the door with the plug. The plug doesn't fit through the hole from the factory. You can't buy parts for an Exceed or a lease. Yeah, you, you can't get Let par- alone that. What's that place out in California? That's like the only Lotus place to get parts in the U.S. No, they're, no, that, they're pretty much gone, too. Yeah, it's... Yeah. You just call Tony K. Uh, next question. Yeah, he's taking a drink of bush light. Come on, Mark. It's my apple white, my white trash is showing, okay? Jeez. We got a show. Sorry, I can't here. say that. Next one's from Johnny Glass. Do you hate the Porsche Panamera? And if so, how much? I hate it. Uh, I, don't want, I don't want to own one, but I don't hate it. And the early nice V8s have some engine all, reliability. All, all concerns, early Porsche. But well, not early. Like, we're not talking 928, we're talking modern V8. Yeah, they had some issues, training right. issues. Whatnot. Cayenne, Panamera, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, they're okay. I mean, I, every time I drive one, it's not a bad experience. I mean, they're I like a good it. commuter I just, car. I've driven a few of them. You just, you know, I don't want a 100,000 mile one of those. Right. No, I, I, the first ones are ugly. I guess they're all kind of ugly. The Sport dro- Turismo yeah, is nice That's looking, pretty. I drove, they I dro- are really nice to drive. I had one of the new ones for a, a couple days a month ago. I, I, was, I thought it was very nice. Yeah. No, you picked me up in it. I did. Yeah. I did. All right. I felt like I was in a Camry, but whatever. You wish you were in a Camry. <laughs> Golden nugget Camry. Um, one of the, the big things we get crap for on Bring a Trailer is our dealer documentation fee. It's a whopping $250. And there's always somebody that isn't going to bid that complains about it and then we end up selling the car anyway but it's not a real bidder no sure but 
it's usually Corvette guys that complain about the dock fees. Um, but I, I think there's a uh, dock fees get abused by some dealers for sure. There's dealers down in Florida that charge a thousand bucks. We charge two hundred fifty, and uh, you know I don't know what the line of reasonable and not reasonable is, but I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding about what dock fees are for. So in Ohio, ours go to cover actual uh, Ohio state fees that are, you know, charged when we transfer the title, temporary tag fees. Um, it's not really extra profit. Like it goes to cover the UPS stuff and, and everything that goes along with titling and registering cars. I thought it went for a Hyde Park dinner. <laughs> no. No, we get charged like we get yeah. charged a corporate activity 250 is a very reasonable dog fee. Right. We get charged a corporate activity tax on every car we sell in Ohio, whether or not we make money. You know, it's hard to factor things like that into your regular, you know, what profit. Would you rather pay a 250 dog fee out. or a $1,000 Scotch guard your interior fee? <laughs> right. So to, to take that to the logical stream, there is a, a, on Wholesale Car Club, there was somebody posting about um, how their dad got ripped off on this car. And they posted the line item of stuff on the purchase agreement for, a, I think it was a Jeep. It's like a $40,000 Jeep. So they started out, first line was a $755 discount off MSRP in today's world. It was a discount off sticker. What? You don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know. Keep going. So after a $755, $755 discount, they <laughs> added a $10,000 market adjustment. Dude. Who? Oh, my gosh. Spence blew an exhaust gasket. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, <laughs> they then added dealer service fees for nine hundred bucks. That should cover just about everything, right? Dealer service fee for nine hundred bucks. Yeah, that is straight to Hyde Park with a Manhattan. Right, but you figure like, okay, that covers like everything. Nope, license and tag fees four hundred fifty bucks. Okay, maybe in their state they're doing the plates and and. Title and that's expensive. what it actually costs. All right, then you have an MVWEA fee for two dollars, a tire tax for five dollars, a battery fee for a dollar fifty. Okay, and then a tag tech fee for one hundred twenty nine dollars. What's tag tech? I mean, you already charged a license and tag fee up here for $450. What's a tag tech? Like a tag technician? Is that the guy who screws on your license plate? Then a private tag <laughs> agency fee for 99 bucks. Wait, so the dealer service fees are charging 900 bucks. They're not even the ones doing the tags for you. So that 899 bucks goes to nothing because they're charging you to pay somebody else to do your license and tags. Then they have the documentation fee for 199 bucks. We're up to like 1500 at least. Then your one-year Napleton Care maintenance for 199 bucks. The best I could tell from Google is this is an oil change and a tire rotation. So it's about a $80 value. You're prepaying it for 200 What type of dealer is this again? Oh, it's a wholesale. Okay, got it. No, 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 no. It was on Wholesale Car Club. It's a, it's a brand new. It's a franchise dealer. Yeah, but what kind of car was buyer's order for that? Uh, Jeep. Oh, you said, you said that. Okay. Three-year paintless dent protection for $412. Is there a Jeep Wave fee? Nope. Shadow Mark for $399. Uh, 
which is like the etching, the laser etching in your your window glass to prevent theft <laughs> and to be able to help you recover <laughs> the car. The theft has already happened at this car dealer. Three year wheel and tire protection for four hundred seventy two bucks, and seven year Xillon protection for nine hundred fifty nine bucks. You know what Zillon is? It's just one of those spray-on things. Is that a ceramic coating? No, no, no. No, no. Zillon's carbon ceramic polymeric coating with graphene covalently bonds to the external patented surfaces of your vehicle, providing an advanced protection barrier. barrier. Are you sure this isn't a JD Byrider? Yeah, I mean... No, no, no. This is a big chain. I've seen that at a lot of car dealerships. They do that, and you're supposed to come every six months for another two hundred dollars. Now freshen it up. Golly, it's called pure profit, my man. Oh my goodness! It's yeah. like installing one of those rust prevention things, those little electronic boxes from back in the day. Rusty Jones. Yeah, that would magically not let your car rust out. Oh Sell my some goodness! Warranty on exhaust bearings and blink. blink <laughs> Dude, uh, the, the next time somebody unlimited complains supply of blinker, blinker fluid. The next time somebody complains about our 250 dock fee, I'm just going to send them this and be like, bro, I you think have we're only no 75 idea. bucks. Well, your cars are only like two grand. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Don't forget when they finance, there'll be a bank fee. All right. So, we've talked about the market uh, almost ad nauseum, but it is a, very much a moving market right now. Yes. Um, it's been a moving market for the past two years, and moving markets are always a little hard to deal with. But um, I haven't personally seen much, if any, correction on prices yet. I'm still seeing cars go for pretty crazy numbers. I mean, I've seen a little bit on the new car side. You, yes. Like the you walk into a Honda dealer, they're not going to drill you over the head with five grand over for a Civic if it's right. on the lot. They're not going to charge you 900 bucks They'll for Zillon might, protection. Actually, they might. <laughs> But what I have seen, and I always find this funny, right? So people are using fear as a negotiation tactic. So the last couple of years, sellers have been a pain in the ass because they keep saying like, well, if you don't pay what I want, I'll just sell it for more money tomorrow. It's only going up in value. And so it was impossible to negotiate with sellers because you couldn't negotiate in today's dollars. They only wanted to deal in tomorrow's theoretical dollars. Now we have the opposite where we have buyers. I've had three different buyers in the past couple weeks basically say, well, cash is going to be king. The, the bottom's going to fall out. Everybody's going to be broke, poor, and you know, you need to discount your car. And they're trying to use fear as a negotiation tactic. And my response to, to them is the same. It's like, I don't negotiate in tomorrow's dollars. It's like today is today. And not a single one of them has made an actual offer. Sorry, one of them did. The other two, they just want to... I think they just want me to drop my pants and give some crazy low offer to them. And I, I just... You're not going to negotiate against yourself either. Right. But, like, that's not... That's not. I, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that tactic in terms of using economic conditions or, or potential economic conditions in order to get money off of a car. I mean, it's a wasted topic, to be honest with you, because you can, there's so many tools right now to prove that you're not overpriced. Again, you brought bring a trailer. You can look up. We have Mannheim auctions to see what they're going for at auction. I mean, you don't buy a car for a hundred grand because 
you know, somebody falls off a bike that, you know, you're, you should sell the car for 80,000 bucks. <laughs> you know I mean? That's not right. happening. I mean, it's, this is just the world we live in with, you know, everybody, everybody wants to buy a car, go home and then tomorrow think they can sell it for more. You know, the old days of buying a car, losing 20% the second you sign, you know, it has an owner. Those days are coming back. It's just a matter of when. I mean, it, you know, I'm not in fear of it. Kind of, look, you know, I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to it so much, but then you could actually, you want to say, this Saturday I want to go buy a new car. You might actually be able to do it. Yeah. You know, now, you know, you walk into a dealer and you're like, I want to buy a new XYZ. And the dealer's like, well, okay, get in line or I'll take a, I'll take a deposit and maybe you'll see it next year. I mean, we know somebody just bought a Civic Si. And they paid over sticker for it. And, I mean, they couldn't, you know, now it's like 2023 is when you might see another yeah. one. Yeah. Well, that guy asked about his Corvette. The dealer said eight to 14 months. Yeah. Yeah. Probably double that. Just Especially if you ordered it at sticker. Because the reality is. Just buy is, a used one, pay 10 grand over, deal with it, and enjoy, right. enjoy your moment. Right. Or buy a Corvette C5. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or for the, for the markup on buy, the Corvette, buy a, buy a C six Z O six. Yeah, I mean those are car. those are under sticker with no miles, and they're fantastic. Yeah, Spency Spence, back to you. I'm vamping <clears throat> because you're never ready for me. I'm never. Ready. I'm usually looking to bring a trailer or tender. <laughs> bring that a tender. Time was bring a trailer. Same thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> Both things I can't have. <laughs> Are you making a joke about the physical stature of the women he's after? You can read into <laughs> however you want. I will not expand. I got to show those barn doors off to somebody. There's <laughs> even a doors cassette in the center console. The next question is from Brian Donahue. This is a long one. Here's the problem with Summarize the it. civilian in quotations, non-dealer. Do I just flip it? Oh, Math. No. Pass. No, no one is calculating dealer fees, cost of capital, shipping, taxes likely 7%. You would need to make a lot to make sense. Everybody wants to play used car dealers, but no one wants likes used car dealers. I'm not sure that's a question. I mean, I get where he's going. It's a vent. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. He's probably got like a 15 car used buy here, pay here somewhere. Probably has eight golden Camrys in his front yard with four sales signs on him. Maybe right. one's a five-speed. You never know. I don't, I don't know where to go with that. Next question. This is from Robert Adams. I, a Maserati Coupe Gat owner, just convinced my neighbor that he should join the Cool Car Club. He just put an offer on a 2007 Vantage six-speed. Any things I sh need to warn him about? Uh, Gas prices, man. If he's Gas if prices. he's friends with a Maserati owner, then he doesn't need any more warning. <laughs> no, fair. Yeah, there, there's some realistic expectations <laughs> going on there. Yeah, no, expensive to expensive to maintain. But speaking of Maserati, just a little tangent here. Yeah, I saw an MC20 today in the flesh. Oh. That did not disappoint. I was extremely oh. that that's, that was a that was that's that's a good looking car. That's one of those cars that I should have ordered when I first saw the leaked photos because it was beautiful. And I'm like, nah, it's a Maserati. It's going to suck and it's going to tank in value. Granted, that's honestly, if, if you like a car and you order it knowing it's going to tank in value, that's like the ultimate 
that's that's the right decision because you know you're buying it for the car itself. But of course they didn't tank in value and they didn't suck and they don't suck and they're amazing and now they're like 350 grand on the secondary market and yeah. Ah, uh, that that is a cool Maserati car. actually to, you know, to give them a little props. They did try to nip that in the butt. With the reselling? The, yeah, they tried. I mean, oh, it, it, I would have kept mine for a year. No, no, I'm just saying you can't kill capitalism, but I mean, they tried, and some people that, again, if you get put on the Maserati blacklist, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> They're never going to make a good car yeah. again. <laughs> who cares? But, I mean, at least they made the effort, and I'll give them a little applaud for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. <laughs> What's the little coupe de grand sport? It, it's like getting yeah. on the Dodge blacklist when they made the <laughs> Challenger. And, yeah. Every dealer I go to has a grand sport broken down on it, it seems. Yeah. Well, those are good, thought, good, good thought, Mark. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is there more questions or is that it? That's it. All right. So um, uh, I have to share this anecdote from this week. It's sort of car related. Yes, it is car related. Car accidents. Um, a friend of mine who owns a local restaurant called me up because he knows I listen to the scanner often. He goes, hey, man, there's somebody pulled over in my parking lot, and they look kind of out of it. Can you get on the scanner and find out what's going on? Well, I didn't hear much on the scanner because they were using the mobile data terminal, but apparently four cop cars showed up, and they took the guy away in cuffs. But I kept listening, and throughout the course of the afternoon, it just got better and better. And this is only a sampling of the calls, but my goodness, all the, the dispatchers must have been having to stifle their laughter. So the, the next call was a three to four car accident. And the, the police officer responded, yeah, okay, I'm finishing up a call. And I'm thinking, man, you should have more of a sense of urgency. And then I heard that this accident was in the Giant Eagle parking lot uh, around the handicapped parking space. Turns out it was uh, an 84-year-old in a Buick who couldn't negotiate his extra-large handicapped parking space and hit the car next to him and the car behind him and pushed the car behind him into another car. Oops. <laughs> I don't know how you take out three cars in, in one move. But, uh, yeah, so then... Uh, a call came in for road rage on the highway that was approaching our town. And the two vehicles involved were a motorcycle and a special needs van. I think that was the dispatcher's political way of saying a short bus. <laughs> what? Keep going. Anyway, motorcycle and a short bus in a road rage. I didn't think I'd hear that over the scanner. Then, uh, uh, let's see, somebody called in because they loaned their daughter their car for errands but she went to detroit and now won't return it so that was that was funny then um you, then the, you need more things to do during your day I, I was busy these were the calls i heard I, there's a half a dozen i didn't hear uh and the the dentist's office called because there was a bush on fire outside of their um their office there was a burning bush so they called the fire department. Apparently Moses wasn't available. 
Um, and then the, the one to wrap it up was there, there was a two car accident down the street from us and the officer called it in and it was a 2022 Honda Accord and a quote unquote unknown other. I feel like that's a category when you put it, you're trying to sell a kit car on eBay. It's like unknown other man. Pontiac Mira. <laughs> <laughs> and then they radioed back that the unknown other was confirmed to be nothing other than an ice cream truck. <laughs> How do you give that an other? <laughs> Things probably chiming out its music and. Oh, gosh. If it was Big Worm driving it. <laughs> Uh, we thought about going down to help with the cleanup effort. <laughs> anyway, so that was just a little sampling of the entertainment on the scanner. If you don't have one, you should get one, and you can. Uh, y- y- speaking you can, of uh, speaking of that, I was in suburb of gossip. Cleveland today at a light, and all of a sudden, a Dodge Charger decides to do burnouts in the middle of the <laughs> intersection, holds up traffic for whatever. And it wasn't really. It was pretty bad at the bur- at, I mean, at burnout. He just doing donuts. I mean, people got to stop this stuff. Like, it's just, what, what do they call that? A street takeover. Yeah, yeah, street takeovers. Yeah, cut that, cut that stuff out. All right, it is time for the props and flops of the week. These are brought to you by Switch Cars. Switch Cars is the enthusiast's dealership where we buy, sell, consign, and service only cars that we like ourselves. We'll store anything as long as the check is good. Uh, check out our hand-picked inventory at switchcars.com. Sabo's pick of the week from Switch Cars Inventory is... I'll give the 997 cab manual transmission. Part. More information. Or you don't know any information. I don't know any information. All right, it's a 2007 911 Cabriolet. Black on beige interior with just 12,000 miles and a manual transmission. And it is an S, but I think we have a deposit on that one as of this afternoon. <laughs> so lucky, lucky buyer. Look at that. Pick of the day, pick of the week. Uh, our flop of the week is really just this friggin' dumbass article on breakforit.com. Never heard of it, but the headline caught my attention because it was these 10 iconic cars that were losing their value fast. Oh, which is, is, not, is that what I think it is? Yes. This is not something you would expect to Most hear in today's market. Ferrari, at least. Oh, man. So Ferrari Mondial, the forgotten Italian. Now, granted, Ferrari Mondial is not the best Ferrari ever made. But this whoever wrote this article knows nothing about cars, did no research, and literally just made crap up. Uh, this mid-engine V8 touring car has pop-up headlights that give it Hold a on, mean dude. look. Does it say those aerodynamic properties? Extended hood gave it a excellent aerodynamic properties. As popular as it was back in its day, the Mondial has not done a good job at preserving its value. In another decade, this will not be an expensive car, especially when you think it's a Ferrari. What? When you think it's a Ferrari? When you think it's a Ferrari. But no, Ferraris actually, that helps their value. Oh, God. Gosh. Uh, oh, shoot. How do I go back to the original? Uh, there's a really good one. No, that wasn't the right. That was a technical difficulty. The first gen Toyota Supra. This article might look a bit in favor of the Supra, but it deserves that. Celica Supra? It has the same guts. What? Under the skin, but the exterior is not sporty per se. 
The market value of these cars is currently around 15 grand, and that is only going to go down as enthusiasts don't like spending more money on a car that looks like the kid hauler for school and ice cream. Wow. Yeah, no clue. Uh, Rural drive, manual shift Toyota. I don't know. I'll, I'll go for a ride to get ice cream. Oh, my gosh. Chevy Bel Air. Yeah, 57 Chevy. There'd hardly be a 60s movie that does not have one of these in it. Just blah, blah, stop, blah, blah, blah. stop. This is making me dumber. Uh, all that luxury cost three grand for the basic bari- variant back in 56. As a standard vehicular luxury change, the Bel Air just got ignored. It costs under 25 grand today, and the prices will go down as it under ages. Under 25 grand for a 57 Chevy? Wait, 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 wait. Co- is, it, is it as good shape as my Thunderbird? These iconic cars are losing their value fast. Jaguar XKE. He couldn't be more wrong. Oh, my God. Gosh. This guy drives a Prius. Oh, my gosh. Being a non-limited production model, this car has no considerable collector value. These things will be pretty cheap in the years to come. Does he think a Kia Soul is a good investment? Uh, probably. Do, do not. Do not. Oh, no, no. Corvette C3. Oh, boo, hiss. Somebody egg this dude's house. Corvette C3. Even though this thing was an icon of sports and luxury when it came out, these cars are losing value and will not be worth much in 10 years. This is because of the plethora of issues in these cars owing to their age. Give me one example. Give me one specific example of an issue in the Corvette C3. This guy knows nothing. He's just making crap up. Ford Maverick, the 1970s road legal race car. Dude, he doesn't even know what a Ford Maverick is. That was the, I couldn't afford a Mustang. Oh, my gosh. These things were a treat back in the 1970s, but as the market shifted towards more economical options like the Accord and Corolla. When's the last time you saw a Ford Maverick? (laughs) It was so awesome, they named their pickup truck after it in the next life. (laughs) Mini Cooper, Britain's VW Beetle. Somebody turf this guy's lawn. What's his name? Who's the writer's name? Uh, hold on. I'll try to find that out. The Mini had a design so radical that it still has more or less the same design language. This car is rightfully hailed as the most British thing ever. However, the price for these things is not very high and is not expected to go high either. Bet you this guy will pay a dock fee. (laughs) Oh, man, the Miata. Ooh. You can pick one of these. He's going to make a lot of enemies with this one because every Miata guy loves Miatas. Who doesn't love a Miata? You can pick one of these th- up for just under fifteen grand any day of the week, and they'll only get cheaper. They, no, they've only been getting more expensive. This car has not preserved its value because even though it is fun to drive, there's nothing particularly amazing about it. <laughs> that dude's getting his yard t- turfed. And it's going to be little tiny Miata tires. Volkswagen Beetle, the people's car. These cars, about a century old, now are a rare find, but not priceless as you might expect them to be. You can get one if you tell the owner you'll pay the tow truck. He only sold like a billion of them. Ford Mustang first gen. What? I'm walking out. If the Dodge Charger's on this list, I'm going to go turf the yard myself. This car came with engines capable of up to 335 horsepower. Trading for an average price he, he of just under value too. 50K, this gas guzzler will not be a very valuable car in the coming decade. That's probably the only one of the few muscle cars that is going to retain its value because it's like relevant to younger generations. Oh, my goodness. What the hell is that? Toyota LC70 series. 
Land Cruiser. Dan Doucette, do you know what that is? <laughs> he knew what it was. Are you, are, you, are you looking at the article? No, I just... I'm, the I got demand, this, I got for, the demand for these so was high until recently. With the new trend of crossovers and the increased availability of SUVs, people right. seem to keep away from these old machines. Consequently, the value has plummeted, and there's no apparent hope for right. a comeback. We got the point, dude. This dude's a loser. Uh, there's one more good one. Bring a trailer Next. would... would uh, Bring a trailer would argue with him about no hope for a comeback on the LC70s. Dude, they just... Use a 63 Lincoln. Oh, my gosh. A 63 Lincoln Continental. No, what's wrong with that one? It's cool. No one wants to have a gas-guzzling V8 in their garage, especially when the carbs butterfly valves are sold as antiquities. Ah, oh, there is. I think the one of them is a Challenger, and it was freaking hilarious. If I can find this one. Lamborghini Urocco. We have one in the storage. Oh, there's too many. He's got like a hundred cars on this dang list. RX7? What is his name? I don't know. Dude, he put the CRX on there? Oh, dude, this guy's my oh, yeah, Honda CRX. enemy now. <laughs> this Sad, guy's going down. Wait, this is what he said about the CRX. Sadly, there's no hope for this once legendary car to be worth something substantial again. Yeah, label me. Yeah, I, 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 this guy's going down. Uh, Mark IV Please Supra? Please call in. Mark IV Supra. Yeah. Look at the example he put Wait, up. Wait, what? It's a black and white photo. It looks like it's like somebody went back in time to the, <laughs> the 1920s with the Supra. He said they're they're cheap and they'll cost even less because the NHTSA of the USA has banned this car owing to reliability issues. Two, yeah, 2JZ, not reliable at all. What? Never, what? never saw it in a movie. Not very cool. They don't make any power either. Thousand horsepower stock block. You know, I like. I literally think this is just an ad grab where they hired a comedian or something well, to write it, this. It made you read the whole thing. You got through it. I can't. I haven't got through. I, there's next. I keep clicking next, and there's more Mercedes G wagon. These cars are all oh, look, tanking. Porsche about 911 it. bad value. No, not uh, hasn't been on here yet. It's gonna be Lotus Esprit, a cheap supercar. Somebody tell that guy who asked that the Esprits <laughs> are gonna go down in value. According it made to the this list. guy, it made the list. All right, all right. I feel enough. like everything's on this list. Okay. Um, let's see. Prop of the week. I am a big fan of records, and that is a pun intended. You'll find out why. Because there's a new fan car record at the Goodwood Hill Climb from this past weekend. The McMurdy Automotive, uh, which looks like something out of a video game from the future, set a blistering overall record time of 39 seconds. That's right. No qualifiers like solo or nonstop or fastest fan car time. They didn't use the fan car as their handicap. They used the best technology possible to achieve the best possible outcome. Now, I personally find this car hideous. However, it's designed for function over form. And it utilizes the famous Gordon Murray designed fan to create downforce by extracting air from underneath the car. I think it has enough downforce that it literally could like stick to a ceiling. It has like 1,600 kilograms of downforce. Um, this is the same technology utilized in 1978 in the Brabham BT46 Formula One car, uh, which Nicky Lotta used to handily win the Spanish Grand Prix. Nicky! Because of internal F1 policies, it was never to be seen again. But Gordon Murray brought this technology back, and it's used in his new GMA T50 streetcar. So 39 seconds in the hill climb over 1.16 miles is an average speed of 107 MPH. So 
not as fast as Arnie's My Cannonball, but we also didn't have narrow, narrow corners, walls, hay bale, bales, and crowds to contend with. So super props there for a blisteringly fast run and uh, for bringing the fan technology back. So thank you for bearing with us through... Uh, through all of this sabo thank you for being here once again you're always Ooh. a wealth of knowledge and smart assery and just a lot of fun to be around thank so, you sir yeah uh hashtag johnny sabo on instagram or pretty much anywhere else it's really at johnny sabo uh if you need car consulting look either of us up and uh yeah thank you all for joining us tonight for listening for participating for your questions uh, thank you to our sponsors, Boxcast, Nuts for Sticks, Switchcar, Celebrity Machines, Stephen Holm Woodworking, and Nathan's Detailing. Thank you to our producer, Ethan Huffnagel. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivor. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Friday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday. It is a pre-recorded episode with none other than the tallest man on youtube i think at bullion uh it'll be on at 8 p.m and we'll look forward to answering your automotive questions to help you on the drive of your life even though we won't be answering questions next week but either way we'll look forward to seeing you